Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint tonight. We got Omar Khan and Melissa Lanceman, both over at Hill and Knowlton Strategies, both on completely opposite sides of the aisle. Hi, guys. Hi. Completely opposite. (laughs) We agree sometimes, you know. We agree to disagree. Very rarely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to start with you, uh, Melissa Landsman, because I've been asked to ask you, what does for the people actually mean? Other than a slogan. That's a good question. I think it's, I absolutely think it's more than a slogan. I think it's a mantra. I think it's the way that this government looks at uh, who elected them, who they serve, who their opposition is. It is fighting for the little guy. Uh, it is people that for so long were left out of government, were left out of decision making. Uh, it's the people in downtown Toronto boardrooms that made decisions for small communities. Uh, and Ford tapped into an anger that was there. Uh, he said that he would look at uh, every decision through the lens. Is it good for the people? Uh, and that's what we're going to expect from this government. And it was... Um Maybe maybe they were watching stateside, Omar, because the Democrats are using <laughs> this for their 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 next election for the people. I just like why don't you get a candidate? Maybe I mean maybe they got to maybe get someone in there, but nonetheless they've got the mo- they've they've well, got I, the slogan. I hear, I hear Eric Holder. There's rumors Eric Holder maybe about to throw his hat in the ring. So let's see. Mm. Uh, look, you know mm. I I, yeah, so I, I fast agree. And look, furious it's, it's, a power, so it's a powerful slogan, and you know I think. Early on, at least uh, in certain cases, Premier Ford's been actually uh, walking the walk in certain in- uh, circumstances. Like, uh, you know, we've talked on the show about uh, his moves to uh, fire the board at Hydro One and get rid of the CEO. While I don't think that's actually going to change, that's actually going to save people a lot, that in and of itself won't save people a lot on their hydro bills. It is something he promised to do, and quite frankly, it's something that I think uh, the Liberal government should have done, and, and it's something that, you know, a lot of people argued for at the time internally. Um, but that being said, you know, I hope it's a, it's a government for the people, but for all the people. Um, I'm hoping that as the government moves on its consultations for things like uh, changes to the same, to, sorry, to the uh, sex ed curriculum, that they take into account all opinions, not just those of people like uh, Mr. McVetty and those on the, on the far religious right. I hope they listen to LGBTQ groups. I hope they listen to educators. And look, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. I just hope they do that. Uh, you know, and I, and I would hope that in the coming days we, we do actually, as the people, get to hear from the education minister. I think she's been locked away the last couple of days and, 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 stop, and barred. She, she or, should or speak. Hasn't been, answered, hasn't been answering any questions from yep. the media. I would hope that in the coming days all the people get to hear from, from her as well. You know what I hope? I hope to see some protesters come out and start showing their outrage over things like failed math class, uh, grades because some of the outrage over sex ed, I'm just like, are you kidding me? These are the people that like, they're telling people what they should think. There's been a lot of faux outrage this weekend. It, uh, like, and they're Park. doing another one on Saturday. They've got one for next Thursday. I'm like, guys, you got four years. You're just going to, you're going to do yourself in if you overdo it on immediate protesting. But, you know, I think the government could do itself a favor by putting out a little bit more information well, there's on the process. Looking the into process, it. On, uh, information on the process that they're going to undertake and the timeline that they're going to undertake uh, with respect to this review. I think if they put, put out a clear, you know, work plan or, or timeline, that might put some people at ease. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we give him the benefit of the doubt. We heard this uh, in the uh, in the throne speech. Uh, 
Give them a week. Give them a week uh, to honestly, find the bathrooms. Yeah, like, the, the fact that we're all like in imminent danger over sex ed curriculum is, is to me, just slightly outrageous. Um, let's talk about the big issue that's been dominating headlines, this involving Michael Tobolo. Um, he's a brand new MPP for the conservative side. He does have a pretty big job, um, but he's under fire for wearing a bulletproof vest to Toronto's Jane Finch neighborhood. Now, I don't want to uh, relitigate the fact that he wore that. People know why he wore it. The police told him to. But here he is in um, question period today, uh, speaking out and giving his mind on, on what he was asked about this. I'd like to point out, for the, for the record, that the member, from, for example, from Niagara Falls wore a bulletproof vest on July 29th with the Niagara Regional Police. The member for Durham, the member for Durham who spent 12 hours on April 20th of this year with Durham Regional Police wore a vest. And I was also surprised by the member from St. Paul's who on April 14th, 2015, tweeted, and I quote, bulletproof vest, yes, yes, yes. Safety and security first. We should all have one under our beds. All right. Um, Melissa, look, I don't like this issue. I think it has been blown way out of, um, of control. And I think it's dangerous because we're throwing words like racism around when that's not what was this particular incident. If he did something wrong, call him out on it. But this ain't the one to fall in your sword. Look, this is pure politics. It is not policy. There's no policy discussion here about why he went on a ride along uh, at all. There's a gun problem in uh, in Toronto. And we should actually say thank you to the minister for going to talk to frontline officers, going on a ride along and seeing what's going on in the communities. This uh, this faux outrage, it doesn't look good on uh, Andrea Horvath. Well, it doesn't look good, Omar. And, and you know, my, the bottom line is there's a lot of hypocrisy because... A couple of her ministers have worn vests. There's nothing wrong with that because when you do a ride-along, that's what you do. And yeah, I know no, that because I've done ride-alongs. I think there's a lot of faux hyperbole here. You know, from a political perspective or a communications perspective, I probably wouldn't have advised the minister to wear a bulletproof vest while taking a photo with, uh, with some of the community members like he did up there at Jane and Finch. Those, uh, by the way, those two NDP MPPs did, but there was no outrage over that. No, I, I, I get it. You're, you're on a... You're on a ride along with the cops, and they, and they tell you to wear a bulletproof vest. You put on a bulletproof vest, regardless of where you're going. Uh, I think this issue has been blown way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm going to agree with my colleague Melissa on this one. I think, look, I, if I was the minister's comms advisor, I would have told, I would have suggested he take it off for the photo, as the premier did. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, let's move on. There's more important issues to talk about. But this is my concern: is that this is what the next four years is going to be like? There's plenty to go after on Doug Ford for policy. I mean, there's going to be so much to go after over the next few years. I just look at this and I think, is this the issue we really want to politicize when we really actually need a solution? Not yeah, only you that- know, I like the approach the Liberals have been taking in the House so far. Are they there? Uh, so the, 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 the core issues that, they, that they've been raising, and they get like one question, a question period. So It's very generous. So, so, so the, but the core issues that they've been raising both in, in the legislature and in uh, interviews and in communications coming out from the, from the party headquarters has been on climate change and it's been on sex ed. And you can agree with the party position on those two issues, but they're issues that actually matter to, to, to people and to Ontarians. Yeah, climate change uh, I, doesn't I matter think, when gun crime is, <laughs> is actually killing people. Yeah, but when gun crime matters, the no, no, thing no, to I, do I, is not to go after our, our men and women in uniform. 
uh, going after our uh, our police. This is using the police as a scapegoat. This is a conversation that beca- that is about racism. We're not talking about the issues. We're not talking about how to stop gun crime in uh, in Toronto. We're talking about whether somebody or uh, did or didn't wear a bulletproof vest in a particular area in uh, in Toronto at night. And by the way, I don't think we're doing anything for the people of those particular communities. Period. Because out of the one percent that are killing people. There's 99% who are just trying to get by, live a healthy, safety life, and they can't because they're surrounded by this. And and that, to me, it's like less talk and more action. Let's not forget uh, a bit of hypocrisy coming from uh, from the NDP. There's somebody in the benches that used the worst racial. Yeah, she's my MPP uh, against our uh, our chief of police. So I'm I'm not sure why this is why this is coming from uh, from the NDP. It's not you know, smart. I, I, when it comes to the issue of, of gun crime, I always like the approach that Dalton McGuinty used to take, former premier, which is look, you got to be tough on the causes of crime, but you also have to be tough on crime and criminals. Well, you also have to invest in the communities, which haven't been Agreed. touched in 20 and years. part of being tough on the causes of crime. Yeah, well, uh, he had the chance to solve it. He did not, and it continues. Okay, guys, i got to break it there. When we come back, uh, NDP MP has been called back. She's been cleared of any wrongdoing. Seems like a bit of a double standard for the NDP party because a guy is not being Welcome back. So we'll talk about that next here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We've got Omar Khan and Melissa Lantzman joining us today. All right, let's talk uh, a little bit about what happened in Ottawa today because Jugmeet Singh has welcomed back, well, Christine Moore, NDP MPP, who has been in the spotlight for a number of reasons, but in this particular uh, issue, it had to do with uh, what was at the time considered an inappropriate relationship with a Canadian vet. And she has been since cleared, Omar, and I don't understand why she has been cleared and Aaron Weir has not. I mean, I've spoken with him. I asked him for... Uh, we went back and forth a little bit today. I said, have you been reinstated? Because I know he is asked to be reinstated. He went through all the courses he was supposed to be going to. And he said he has not, and he has no idea why he has not been even contacted. So my understanding from what I've been able to find on the public record, uh, and I you know, I do know Jagmeet uh, uh, from, from our time at university, but I haven't, asked, I haven't spoken to him about this. But my, from what I've seen on the public record is there's one fundamental difference in the two cases. So in... In the uh, uh, in the in the case uh, in today's so in today's ruling, basically it came out that uh, she was it was found that there was no uh, um, there was no evidence against her uh, by an independent third party investigation. Now, the, an independent third party investigation against Mr. Weir found that there was some evidence, uh, and I think at the time, in, 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 again on on the public record, Jagmeet said that he would have probably considered. Uh, taking him back with some rehabilitation, uh, except for the fact that uh, he had taken steps to publicly out the accuser um, the day before, uh, which is, you know, that's a big, big no-no. So I think, you know, knowing Jagmeet the way I do, I think he would have taken a fair approach to this issue. Um, And for him to take such an extraordinary step, it must have been pretty bad. Yeah, I don't know about that, because Miss Moore is not without her own history i mean she was i mean look i think bigger picture yeah nobody does this well 
Yeah. Uh, the liberals yeah. didn't do this well. The conservatives didn't do this well. Nobody knows how to deal uh, with the Me Too issue. Have they never in, heard of due process? In the case, I know it's of, so odd. These lawmakers, you would think they might know about it. But we are had due process, right? He was. He was Who had due process? He was, he was found. It was found. The independent report did find that he acted inappropriately. What, but close talking is not a crime. Look, I think you need to sure. balance uh, due process. Uh, you've also got to balance uh, sort of victims feeling comfortable coming forward. But what what I think is at play here is I think it's sometimes that politicians use this um, expediently. Uh, in the case of uh, Jagmeet Singh, he maybe wanted to show that he was forceful at the beginning, kick a guy out of caucus. There, this has no place in my caucus, and then the rules apply differently. And don't forget, this people. was happening around the time of Patrick Brown. Trudeau was scoring points off of that, so yeah. Jagmeet Singh also wants to be seen to play to the female base. But yeah, Christine but Moore was he, the one he kicked Weir out after Weir came out publicly. Yeah, but Christine you know, Moore was the one who outed Aaron Weir, and but so she, it was Christine Moore, was it not, that outed Aaron Weir? I mean, it was her, she who went and complained about him. Yeah, but not publicly. Well, well, it, well, it was very public because it got announced on on the news. I mean, it was every if it wasn't public, how would we know about it? I, I hear you. Look, I think these things are tricky. I do believe that all accusers need to be uh, respected and, and heard. And I, I just, you know, I think it's inappropriate. Uh, if you look at Mr. Weir's comments from like 24 hours before he was kicked out of caucus, I don't see how Jagmeet could have acted any differently in that case. I don't know. I, I think every political party equally handled this not well. Well, well yeah, I go back to, like, there's a process. Here's how we go through it. If you're going to file a complaint, go to the police. That, like, again, they've all tried to make this so political and scoring points that they've all screwed it up. And I think they've done... Everything a, is criminal, right? Like some, it doesn't matter. There's, there's a process. Workplace harassment and it not be... Like, you, you, you know, you don't have to go to the police. You don't, but you go to HR, you file yeah. a complaint, yeah. you do it behind closed doors. But and, I think that's what she did, though, right? Well, she, she went to her leader. Well, she didn't, and then she went to Mr. Trudeau during a funeral for a couple of, of yeah. you know, for, for, a, for a vet who had been killed in a terrorist attack and mentioned a complaint about a couple of other MPs, uh, yeah. liberal MP. Yeah. So, come on, to me, there's, there's something not really adding up here. Am I, <laughs> am, I, am I being like, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be polite and still get the point out. I think that I think the point. I think what, what's important here is that there is a form of due process established, and I think it should be clear. I think maybe maybe the legislative committees need to look at this, uh, and I think it should be open and transparent, and it should be independent and run by third parties. I got to be honest. I think politicians in this country have screwed up due process so badly that it has actually done more damage to women and those who are are at all involved in these kinds of uh, issues, be it man or woman. I just think it's been dreadful. I think there's no good way uh, that anybody's handled it, frankly. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, pot, shall we? Because uh, news coming out that Ontario cannabis store outlets have officially been put on hold. Um, What's that? Rumors have come out. Oh, yes, rumors. Uh, well, they're, they're making big uh, headlines in, in pot magazines, which are all the rage these days. But nonetheless, uh, efforts to sign leases for these Ontario cannabis stores have been put on hold. And, Melissa, this will be because they're all waiting to see what the Ford government does. Yeah, look, if this is true, uh, there are rumors right now. And if this is true, this is finally something uh, really conservative that's going to happen on this file. Uh, the best way to bury <laughs> uh, a black market is to open it up to the free market. Experts agree uh, the data is there uh, and uh, everybody's sort of looking to Ford to see uh, to see what happens next. 
it's a bit of an oxymoron, very conservative, to open the market on pot. Look, However, pot's coming. I'm, I'm a, I, pot's I, coming. I do agree that if we're going to do it, you do it with the private market, and that's uh, absolutely the 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 government has no business selling pot. Um, buying pot from uh, government bureaucrats, not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Omar. <laughs> Look, I, I think uh, you know from my time in the in working in the previous government, uh, I know like that most in the previous cabinet and the uh, had always had the intent uh, that uh, eventually, um, once government stores were out there and the, the population was normalized to the fact that there are cannabis stores out there, uh, I don't think anybody thought that eventually there wouldn't be private sector participation. I think if Mr. Ford wants to move faster on bringing in private sector participation and retail sales. I think that's fine. You know, we're, we're a grown-up society. As long as the government's regulating it on the back end, uh, I see no problem in that. And you know what? Um, uh, if uh, the only thing I would say is that they should they should try and do it as fast as possible because w- what we want to avoid, perhaps, is having Ontario on October seventeenth be the only province that doesn't have any retail outlets. Well, out maybe there. they'll get the sex ed curriculum out by then, and then you know. No. Sex- I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> well, I don't. This is the thing, though. I don't think they want to rush anything to do with this. Yeah, like the I, feds I don't are, think because a if it goes wrong. Here. Oh. All right, guys. I got to leave it there. Um, thank you, Omar Khan. Melissa Landsman, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. On Point, I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.